0: Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. The title for this message comes right out of the last phrase of verse 8, where Solomon says to his royal son, Do not forsake your mother's teaching. That's the whole message for today. It's in the Proverbs, so it's short and sweet and to the point, and it's meant to be meditated upon, chewed on, mulled over. Do not forsake. Forsake your mother's teaching. And there was, all of a sudden, a whole lot of elbows in the ribs and knowing looks passed around this room, right? Are you listening to this? I hope so, son. I hope so, daughter. You better be. Verses 8 and 9 are the opening salvo of the opening appeal in the first major section of the book of Proverbs. The book began with a short explanation of its purpose. Look at verse 2. This book is for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise." The point of this book of Proverbs to its original readers was to help young people, especially, and anybody else who wants to be wise, to gain and grow in true wisdom. And after that opening section, there are like ten different appeals in the next nine chapters from all of the authors, the main one of whom was King Solomon, for the readers, who is pictured as a royal prince, To choose wisdom over foolishness. Those are the two choices. The path of wisdom, he says, is the right path. And it's the path of blessing. And here, he says, is where it all begins. The starting line of that path, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. So then in our verse 8... The king appeals to his son to choose that wisdom and to stay with it. And he pictures that wisdom as coming through dad and mom. Yes, dad is in this passage as well and he will show up again and again in the Proverbs talking to his son in this way. Proverbs was written primarily by men for young men and then it was given to all of us. But we're not going to focus this morning on the first part of verse 8. Listen my son to your father's instruction. Maybe I'll preach the same message again in a month on Father's Day. Got my sermon written already. Hey. No. Instead, we're going to focus on the parallel idea. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. That is God's word to all children who want to be wise. Do not forsake Your mother's teaching. And that is regardless of your age. If your mother, 70 years ago, taught you the Lord's wisdom, then this is God's word to you today. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. I have just two points of application for this morning's message. One is from verse 8 and one from verse 9, and they're both very simple. Here's the first one. Walk in the wisdom of your mom. Walk in the wisdom of your mom, and don't stop walking. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Now, yes, this assumes that your mother taught you or is teaching you wisdom. So we could address the moms today and encourage all the moms to be teachers of your children. Teach them the fear of the Lord. But we just did that in March. With the family discipleship message, impress them on your children. Do you remember that a couple months ago? Deuteronomy 6, how parents are to be the resident theologians in their homes and pass on the faith to the next generation. Moms, you might want to go back and review that message if you're looking for some teaching on being a disciple-making mom this weekend. You can do it. But this passage is not addressed to the moms. This passage is addressed to To the kids, especially the sons. Though the son stands here for all of us who are the children of a wise mom who has taught us the fear of the Lord. Notice that verse 8 begins with the word, listen. It's the same word as in Deuteronomy 6. Shema, listen up. Hear this, my son. He's, He's flicking the lights on and off. He's pulled the power cord on the wireless router. I have a friend who, when he wants his family's attention, he turns off the wireless router and his kids all come out of their rooms. (laughs) Solomon is getting his young son's attention. And once he does, he's telling them to take to heart his parents' instruction. They're homeschooling in the fear of the Lord. And he wants his son to stick with it. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Don't just let it go in one ear and out the other. Don't just nod your head and then turn away. Don't walk away from the wisdom of your mom. Walk in it and don't stop. Now, some of you do not or did not have a wise mom. It's very possible that a number of you in this room, you're kind of going, ugh. I don't know what to do with this. You didn't have that particular blessing. Perhaps your mom was not a believer or died when you were very young. Or she had some wisdom, but her life was marked more by folly. Don't worry, this passage is for you as well. Because the wisdom that this mom is sharing here is in this book. You don't have to have a mom to teach it to you, though she should. And it is a blessing if she has. But it's not like this teaching can only come through your biological mom. If you didn't have a wise mom or don't have a wise mom, I encourage you to find one, an adopter. This church is full of women who can serve as a spiritual mom for you. Go after their wisdom. Even if you have one already, it doesn't hurt to have more. The family of God has plenty of spiritual aunts, or you may say aunts, or aunties, spiritual grandmas to teach the next generation the fear of the Lord. The point is to get that wisdom and then to not lose it, to hold on to it for dear life. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. I don't think there is a greater heartache for a Christian mother than for her children to walk away from the faith. All of those years as a Christian mom, not just feeding and clothing their kids and nursing them when they're sick and driving them to all their things and helping them with their schoolwork and paying their bills and cleaning them and cleaning after them and cleaning after them and cleaning after them and cleaning after, them and cleaning after, them and cleaning after them. Am I right? Moms are like, amen, amen. But not just doing all of that, but all the time those moms have put into their teaching. By word and example, the Christian faith to their kids. And then the kids turn their back on it? That is top-level painful for Christian moms. But that's not why Solomon says we ought to stick with it. This verse does not say, please do not disappoint your mom, even though it would disappoint her. This is not about pleasing your mom. Don't be a Christian to please your mom, okay? It's not about pleasing mom, but about what is right and good and, perhaps surprisingly, what is good for you. Look at verse 9. They, mom's teachings, will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. And that's point two of two, wear the wisdom of your mom. Wear the wisdom of your mom walk in the wisdom of your mom and keep walking in the wisdom of your mom and you will be wearing the wisdom of your mom her wisdom will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck now who wouldn't want that (laughs) maybe that doesn't sound so awesome to guys at first but think about it a garland on your head would be like some kind of a wreath or headdress of honor so, guys in our culture may not know what a garland is, but we do like hats, right? Guys in their hats, right? We especially like hats that show our status, right? Who's got the hat that says boss on it, right? Uh, leader. Uh, uh, the, uh, at work, the white hat, hard hat guy is the guy in charge, right? Can't wait to get my white hat. Or crowns, for example. Everybody still likes a crown. We talk about somebody being crowned and this chain around your neck that's a status symbol too it's not like a prison chain it's not like a a yanker chain kind of thing some translations here have pendants that kind of sounds like pandora jewelry to me it is bling however many guys today wear chains how many guys are wearing a chain today you don't have to yeah yeah uh uh-huh yep yeah like mr t right or that jersey of your favorite team. The jersey's at the signing ceremony. They hold that up. I'm now one of these. And they put it on. Yes, sir, I'm on that team. I made it. I was picked. The wrestler that puts on that big belt, holds it above his head. That's what, that's what I'm talking about here. Ten years ago this month, I graduated with my doctorate from Westminster Theological Seminary. When you get one of those, you have to step in front of the faculty and kind of kneel. And they put this, they call it a hood, but it doesn't go over your head. It goes over your neck. This hood or stole over your neck. And it it hangs there and it says, you're Dr. Mitchell now. It's an honor. Or like at the Olympics when they place that gold medal around their necks and they take a bite out of it to show it's real, right? Yeah. I think that verse 9 This thing in verse 9 is an honor. It's a garland. It's a chain. If you walk in the wisdom of your mom, the, the wisdom your mom is trying to teach you, you will be blessed. You'll be rewarded. You'll be recognized as wise. You'll experience favor. Your mom's teaching will become swag for you. Doesn't that sound good? Now, why does he have to tell us that? It's because it's not obvious, right? Is everybody who walks in wisdom honored for walking in wisdom in this world? No, not right away. Look at the Lord Jesus Christ. He was wisdom itself, wisdom incarnate. And not only was he not recognized for it, but he was crucified for it. The garland on his head was twisted together with thorns. So this blessing that Solomon is talking about is not a prosperity gospel blessing. This honor is not always immediate or obvious, but it is nevertheless quite real. If you keep walking in the wisdom of your mom, you will wear the wisdom of your mom. Her wisdom will be the garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. It will be a prize all by itself, obvious to all who have eyes to see it and forever. Jesus is now crowned with many crowns. Turn with me to chapter 6, verse 20, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20. This phrase, do not forsake your mother's teaching, appears a second time in the book of Proverbs. I want you to look at this one and see how it takes this whole idea one step further. Proverbs 6, verse 20, Pew Bible page 630, look with me at verse 20. My son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Same exact words in Hebrew. Bind them upon your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. See how that's similar? It's also a little different. The emphasis here is not on the honor of the decorative chain. That's there, but it's more than that. Here it's keeping that teaching close to your heart. Not letting it go. It's emphasizing the not forsaking part. Like if you have a key that you want to keep safe, you wear it on a chain, right? And you wear it on your neck and you put it down inside your shirt, right? You're not getting that unless you come from me, right? You got to come all the way to me to get that key. I know where the key is. It's bumping up against my chest. That's the idea here. That word bind there, is the same word we saw in Deuteronomy 6 for when the Israelite parents, what they were told to do with God's word and their children, to tie them as symbols on their hands and bind them on their foreheads. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. Why? What will it do if I, if I keep it so close to me? Verse 22, when you walk, they will guide you. This is all metaphor, by the way. It's not like if you take the teaching and you put it on a a necklace that, you know, you're going to follow it around everywhere you go. No, if you absorb your mom's wisdom, it will guide you. It will speak to you. When you are awake, they will speak to you. For these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light and the corrections of discipline are the way to life. Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't it sound familiar? It's like what the parents were taught in Deuteronomy 6. Impress God's words on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Same situations. This is saying that if you and I take mom's wise teachings to heart, they will guide you through all of life. Why would we walk away from that? Why would we turn off the lamp? Click. Why would we turn off this light? Snap. Why would we get off the path to life? Well, fools do despise wisdom and discipline. This is why we need to be reminded do not forsake your mother's teaching, do not step off the wise path. So, like I said, I want to do something a little different at this point in the message. I'd like your help. I'd like to hear from you. Would you share with us something that your Christian mom either taught you about the Lord or is teaching you about the Lord? We have two microphones. We got this one right here, and I left it on. That's the red mic. And then Candace is going to go around with, a, with the green mic for anybody that wants to say, stay seated. Just raise your hand if you want her to come to you with the, the green mic. Andy's got one down here in the front. I'd love it if there were 10 or 15 or 20 of us that did that. we got the mic in the center, and then down here, Candace down here in the front, Andy's got one for us. This is for any disciple here, no matter how old or young. Last time I said that I might put the kids on the spot and ask them what their mom has been teaching them. Well, today we're all on the spot. Would love to especially hear from some guys this morning. What has your mom taught you about the Lord? Andy. Well, not so much she taught me and what she said, but what she done uh, when she, she made a meal, she uh, she made just enough. Uh, that's all she had for, my, for all of us kids and dad. And and she would eat what uh, you know what was left of some you know leftovers. But that taught me think of others before yourself. Mm. Amen. Stick with that. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Judy.
1: My mother loved the Lord and she loved people and she shared Jesus with people. She loved especially children, children age 9 or children age 6 or children age 96. (laughs) And she shared in in a very real way in Good News Club, with children, and in a nursing home. I saw her and witnessed her witness for the Lord and this taught me that I needed to do that, Mm. that I needed to be a witness for the Lord.
0: Mm. Stick with that. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Nancy.
1: My mom was a quiet woman. (laughs) I'm not like that. Uh, But the thing I remember, because my dad died and left her a widow, my mom lived with us for many years, every morning early, she was on the couch with her Bible and in prayer. And she read the Bible through many years, Um, a wonderful example of being faithful in learning God's word and in praying. And I think those prayers still are following her children and grandchildren and great grandchildren today because the Lord doesn't forget Mm. the prayers just because she's been Mm. in glory.
0: Thank you, stick with that. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Somebody else. Rick.
2: It would probably surprise you if I told you that I was a difficult child. (laughs) Uh, But my mother told me that Jesus hates a liar. She said, if you, if you tell the truth, you never, you never have to remember who you lied to.
0: Mm, mm. Thank you. Stick with that. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Abraham.
2: Yeah, my mom, um, I think she really taught me to identify how the Lord's gifted me and to use that for him. And I know, I think that I really noticed this when I In college felt the Lord calling me into ministry and not sure how she would take that um, but telling her that and being nervous of if she'd like that or not or be supportive of it um, but her just seeing how he's gifted me in such a way and encouraging me to pursue that so I think her encouraging and teaching me to take whatever the Lord's given you and use it for his glory um, and not your own
0: thank you stick with that do not forsake your mother's teaching over here Mary Beth.
3: My mom is the daughter of a farmer and his wife and as long as I can remember her hands have been in the dirt and since we were children our hands have been in the dirt. Um, growing flowers is her, the thing that she loves very much and I think that she's taught us through that. My sister wrote this week that the, the garden is her altar where she prays for us and I think that she teaches us through her love of growing that Sometimes we have to weed out the bad things, and sometimes we have to we have to nurture things in the right way to make them grow, and we have to pray over them, and we have to take away the rocks, and sometimes, sometimes we dig things up like those grape hyacinths in my grandpa's garden that just keep coming back and back and back, and, and sometimes we have to find the beauty in those things, too.
0: Mm, thank you. Stick with that. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Cody.
2: One of the... One of the things I learned from my mother was just how
4: fascinating and wonderful and uh, amazing God's word is. I have one of her old Bibles here. She'd go through them quickly because they got filled up with notes uh, until there wasn't any more room for notes. And she loved to study and read commentaries and would always share with my brothers and I whatever she found that she was excited about, whether it was a you know, what the historical context of something was or the way the New Testament referenced the old. Um, and so she kind of passed that excitement and wonder on to us and that was a really
0: cool thing. Mm. Stick with that. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Michaela.
4: When I was a child, my lovely mother told me, Michaela, you don't have to be afraid of thunderstorms because it's just God bowling. It's gonna be okay. And although that seems a simple message to a child that you don't have to worry, it's gonna be all right, that taught me as an adult that the Lord is worthy of our trust. And her favorite verse, Proverbs 6 verses, Proverbs 3, verses five through six, to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. She's not only said that to me many, many a times, she's also showed it to me. Mm-hmm. And I will be eternally grateful for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen, thank you, Tammy. Stick with that, Michaela. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bonnie, you can move that in front of your mouth there. Yeah, there you go. Um,
3: Michaela, I thank you for that because it, it stirred something in my mind. My sister Carol is uh, very phobic when it comes to thunderstorms. She's extremely afraid of them. She would put a blanket over her head with a, ca- with a flashlight under the blanket, and I would say to her, Carol, uh, there's gonna be thunder, there's gonna be thunder, because the lightning didn't bother her, it was the noise of the thunder. Yeah. Well, Thanks to Michaela bringing this up. My mother taught us a little prayer when it came to thundershowers. She said, "O oh, sweetest heart of Jesus, I implore that I would ever love thee more and more, ever this day be at my side to light, to guard, to rule, to guide. And I remember repeating that over and over when a thunderstorm came and I just thought, that, that was something that I, I can hold on to that was my mom. Mm,
0: thank you. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Amy.
4: I'll, I'll add to that thunderstorm story. <laughs> my mom always told me that it was God um, moving his furniture, and I, I stick with that every night when it thunders.
0: Moms are here to reassure us, aren't they? Yeah. Ryan.
3: My mom taught me that when a a hummingbird or a butterfly came down, that uh, God sent down a spirit or a loved one to visit us, to watch on to us. So that's what my mom taught me.
0: Thank you. They're here to reassure us. Our our moms are given to us to to teach us about our world. Joseph.
2: Uh, My mom birthed three boys. But my mom has raised—I can't even tell you mm-hmm. how many children in our home—and um, she showed us compassion. She shows compassion for everybody that needs a place. Our home's a place for everybody. Even when my dad passed in August, one of my cousins said, "I was—I lived there." Like she babysat so many children, and that's just something we've always had kids in our house. We still have lots of kids in our in her house, and. Um, yeah, just that compassion and that a welcoming place to be.
0: Mm. Stick with that. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Over here, is there one over here?
4: My mom has always taught me that church was important. When I was a kid, I <laughs> I've heard this said before, but I had a drug problem. I was drug to church every <laughs> Sunday, every Wednesday, um, Wednesday, you know, anytime the church was open. But Doesn't sound like a that. drug problem to
0: me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Stick with that. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Brianna.
1: Um, my mother, uh, she taught me that God was never out of reach. I used to call her in college and say, oh, I got this, I got that. And my mom would say, well, did you pray about it? And I wasn't until later when I... Um, to church with my aunt, and that not everybody knew that they could just reach out and pray to God any second of the day.
3: Mm.
1: And I think that stuck with me, because she always, she always set the example of, you should have a quiet time in the morning with God, but um, and that was one, like, habit that stuck with me. But through my life, it's been, well, God's right there, and he's always within reach. And of all the many things that she taught us, I think that's... Mm. That's one that's Mm.
0: really stuck. Amen. Thank you. Stick with it. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. John Lee.
4: I had the most wonderful mother in the whole world. Um, I think some of
0: us might fight with you over that, but we're we're glad that that's your perspective. I
4: had the most
1: wonderful mother.
4: She was 35 when my dad died and Mm. left her with us five girls. And she raised us all to be good Christian women And she taught me that you have to go to church. If we didn't go to church Sunday, you didn't go anywhere else. But she also used to say, this too shall pass. And if you stick with God, you'll get through it. And many Mm. times I'd get so mad at her when she said Mm. that, especially when I was in labor with John. (laughs) But she was the greatest mother in the world.
0: Mm. What a gift. Thank you. Thank you. Stick with that. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Haley?
3: So I feel like I had two moms. I had my mom and then I had my Aunt Carolyn. And they both, I feel like, taught me that no matter what hard times you go through, you're never alone and God's always with you. Because my mom and my Aunt Carolyn have went through some tough, tough times. But I definitely think they've made it through because they knew that they weren't alone through
4: that.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you. Stick with that. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. A lot of teaching going on in this room right now, huh? Ken, do you have one?
2: My mother wasn't real religious, but she taught me some really good things about life that served me well. When I was little, I remember her washing the dishes, and I was fascinated by it. And I'm like, ooh, could I do that? Oh, no, no, you can't. You might break (laughs) something, you might get hurt. Reverse psychology. Can I do that one day? She said I could. To this day, I love to hand wash dishes (laughs) and I dry them and I put them away and it's such a great feeling. She did the same thing with me for cleaning. Oh, you're too little to clean. No, you can't run the vacuum. Oh, but I want to, I want to, you know, power. And so to this day, I can clean a room like a hospital, like Mm -hmm. that clean and I love it. But the funniest story is my mom, every Saturday, since the time I was little, baked two-layer cakes from scratch. And oh, I'd watch her do that, and, and she'd frost it with the swirls like a bakery. And just imagine if you saw two cakes baked your whole life till you were 16 or so, every Saturday. You don't have to do it to know how to do it, if you saw it done, you know, 1,500 times. So when I went away to college, left home, I found out my next door neighbor at the apartment complex was a home economics teacher major, and I found out it was her birthday. So I went and got the ingredients, and I baked not a pancake, I baked a layer cake. And I frosted it, and I had all the swirls on the side, and the top swirled and the crosshatch. I mean, it looked beautiful. So I go over to her apartment, she's right next door, and I'm singing happy birthday, and there's a candle on it and everything. And she goes, oh, that's really nice. She goes, where'd you get the cake? I go, I made it. She goes, no, you did not. <laughs> she goes, you're lying. I go, I'm not lying. I made it. She goes, puts her hands on her hip like this. She goes, how long did it take you to frost it? I go, well, about ten minutes. She goes, no, I know you're lying. It takes at least 45 minutes to get it look like that. <laughs> so, my mom taught me good things in life. She wasn't real religious. She wasn't raised that way, but. She, everything your mothers teach you can be good for you in life.
0: The best moms are sneaky that way, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. One more? Two more? I don't want to shut you off when you're sharing so much wisdom. Shelley? Uh,
1: I I was just very blessed to have a a godly mom. Um, and uh she she lived the life of faith it wasn't you know just sundays she all week long lived it because um, i remember being little eight nine ten years old going to my friend's home to play and uh all my friends moms were glued to um soap operas <laughs> and my mom when i when we played it my my house my mom was listening to back to the Bible (laughs) which I think is a moody broadcast Um, and I mean he she was different and I I saw that uh, being a Christian it affects your whole life and I know when we would um, get in the car to go shopping she would pray now Lord this is actually your money and give me wisdom (coughs) to to spend it wisely which uh, you know That influences a child. And and Mm. she and my dad for years picked up children to come to church uh, whose parents didn't go. And uh, I just thank God for a godly mom. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Stick with that. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Over here, Mrs. Lawrence.
4: Uh, Hi, everyone. Uh, My husband and I are new coming to church here. And I am from a family of 11 children, so I have, 10, I have 10 siblings. And we grew up in a home that was just small, and everyone wondered, how, how did everyone fit in there, and where do you guys all sleep? Well, we did it. <laughs> we were, our mom was, she worked hard, she sewed all of our clothing, Uh, She was a good cook, and she always, always said to us that there's someone out there that's worse off than you are. And I think that's what taught me to be so content with what I have today and the wonderful husband I have. And my grandmother had a saying that was, waste not, want not. And you can apply that to many things in life. You know, don't waste food, don't waste water, but if you think about it, if we waste our time getting to know Jesus, what a, what a sorrowful thing if you waste your time getting to know Jesus because he has given us everything we need and we shouldn't want for anything.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Gail. Hmm. Stick with that. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. I'll go last. My mom was just a little bit better than John Lee's. There it is. There it is. She couldn't hear me at first. I could say a lot of things about mine but one thing that came to mind yesterday as I was was how my mom taught me in many different ways about the value and valor of strong Christian women. Christianity is not just a masculine thing. It's not a boys club. It's not just about dudes. One little way she did that was by emphasizing all of the Bible's stories about women where women are the heroes, the heroines, Mom was the only female in our family. We had dad and my brother and me and then mom on the other side of the gender divide. And when we went on long trips in the car, we would fill the time with lots of things, but one of them was a Bible trivia game where we were supposed to guess what each other was thinking. It's one of those, I'm thinking of a Bible character whose name begins with, and if it was J, then it could be Jesus or Joseph or John or whatever. Well, my mom was a little predictable, which I also liked about her because I could then win at the game, she often started with D. I'm thinking of a Bible character whose name began with D. And it wasn't David. I knew it wasn't going to be David. It was Deborah, or it was Dorcas. And she did R for Ruth, an E for Esther, and M for Mary. And she, had, she could go on and on and on. So from a young age, I knew the Bible was a book for strong females of faith. And look at this amazing thing in this book that a woman is called to do. She's called to teach the faith to the next generation. If she's called mom, she's called to raise up royalty in wisdom. Think about that. If this was Solomon's son, that means that he is a prince who may one day be a king whose job it will be to rule with wisdom and justice and faithfulness. And where will he learn how to do that? At his mother's knee. Moms, I can't help but point it out. You are called to raise up royalty in wisdom, justice, and faithfulness. Sons and daughters, not just of Israel's monarch, but sons and daughters of the living God. That's how important it is for you to teach your children the fear of the Lord. But again, this passage is not written to moms. It's written to us kids. And it tells us to walk in that wisdom and to not forsake it. By the way, what is the warning of wisdom that is emphasized in Proverbs 1 and Proverbs 6? If you keep on reading. After both of these initial calls to not forsake your mother's teaching and a description of the beauty and benefits of that teaching, there are two examples of that teaching in action. In Proverbs 1, the parents warn their son to not take up with a gang. And in Proverbs 6, the parents warn their son to not take up with a loose woman. One commentator I read this week pointed out that these were very common temptations for young men. Easy money and easy sex. Money gained not by hard work and prudence, but by violence and theft. Sex gained not by marriage and faithful commitment, but by stolen pleasure. The wise mother warns her son against those things and warns about the inevitable consequences of those foolish choices. This afternoon, I challenge you to read chapter 1 all the way through. And read chapter 6, verses 20 through 35. There is only trouble for those who take those paths. Death is at the end of those paths. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. Moms, thank you for teaching us the fear of the Lord. Keep it up. We need it. We are by nature foolish, and we need your wisdom to speak into our lives, to show us the way to go, and to warn us against the other way. And all of us, let's walk in the wisdom of our moms and keep walking in that wisdom so that we begin to be marked by it visibly. People can see it in our lives. It's on our head. It's on our neck. We're wearing that wisdom. Now, all of our moms are fallen and fallible. Nobody would agree with that more than the moms that are in this room. None of them is perfect. So their teaching will not be perfect either. Even the teaching you heard this morning from the moms, we have to sift through that and say, what of that is biblical and what is not? And where the teaching was wrong, we need to discard it and depart from it. This is not saying that we need to unthinkingly follow mom wherever she leads, even into error or foolishness. No. But it is saying that God has given us wise moms for a reason. They have been given to us to teach us the fear of the Lord. And to the degree that they do that, we need to hold on for dear life to their instruction. Because that's where life is. Bind them on your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck for safekeeping. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they'll watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For these commandments are a lamp. This teaching is a light. And the corrections of discipline are the way to life. Walk in the wisdom of your mom. Wear the wisdom of your mom. Do not forsake your mother's teaching.